celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. All righty, and thank you. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this uh, Wednesday. Of course, it is uh, a beginning of another racing week, Wednesday, May 10th. That's 5102023. That's your date. We welcome you to the Race Day show, and we come to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, our home base, Sports Talk, 1400 a.m. in Las Vegas. And we cover the world on the internet at many different websites, like ours, racedaylasvegas.com, .vegas.world.global, your iPhone, your Android, as well, with your phone apps, your KSHP apps. We call them phone apps, but they're the apps for your devices, so you can hear us now on your iPhones and your Androids. And of course, anywhere you get your podcasting as well, we welcome you to the show. Well, it's been one heck of a... uh, one heck of a, uh, certainly a, a um, weekend of racing. And as you know, we will uh, certainly uh, continue on with uh, moving towards the Preakness Stakes, which is now about a week and a half away. And we're going to take a look at back at what happened over the uh, Derby weekend on a very light day of racing today. And we'll take a look at uh, some of the controversies and some of the things that happened over the Derby weekend at uh, Churchill Downs. And I got to tell you, one of the uh, big things, of course, is the seven horses that uh, were euthanized as a result of breaking down in races at uh, at uh, Churchill Downs in the seven days that they had competition, two of them that happened on Derby Day. And that, that rippling effect is starting to push through to the national news networks as well. On Sunday... On the 3 o'clock Fox report on Fox uh, News Network, they had a big story about it. CNN had a few stories about it, about the breakdowns at Churchill Downs. They say two mysterious deaths by Safi Joseph horses and seven others in seven days, two on Derby Day. And uh, it's starting to make its way through the uh, national network. And there's been a lot of people that are talking like to the extremes about how uh, we should stop horse racing. I mean, that's where it's got, you know, it, it got from one edge, one end of the spectrum to the other on account of this. So we know that there's a rippling effect that's starting to happen from what happened at Churchill Downs over Kentucky Derby weekend, etc. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Certainly recap what happened uh, in the Derby and uh, also uh, do a little recap of what happened at Santa Anita on Sunday, which was a big day for John Lindo and the Lindo Report. And, of course, uh, a look ahead to the Preakness Stakes, which is, uh, like I said, about a week and a half away now. And when you're looking at uh, the horses in the uh, the Preakness Stakes, well, you got uh, the Kentucky Derby winner, Mage, who uh, Gustavo Delgado, his trainer, said that if everything continues as, as it is now, the uh, son of good magic will be going on to defend and try to win the Triple Crown, the only horse that has an opportunity to win the Triple Crown uh, this year. And that is Mage winning the Kentucky Derby on to the uh, Preakness at Pimlico on a week from Saturday. But other horses uh, that competed in the Kentucky Derby that seem 
uh, to be heading in that direction are few and far between. And so we will wait and see. For example, the second place finisher uh, in the Kentucky Derby, two fills, uh, Larry Ravelli, his trainer, has already said that he's going to pass the Kentucky Derby. The son of Hardspun is going to pass the Kentucky Derby, two fills is. And he, he had a what I believe to be the best Kentucky Derby out of them all, even though he didn't get the roses. He was uh, he was right on the flight of that uh, quick early pace, and he was only the only one in that that uh, cluster of horses that were setting the pace that hung around at the end and uh, fought Mage for the victory. But he is uh, he's going to pass. Uh, we have Confidence Game, who finished tenth in the Kentucky Derby, may be going, and right now uh, everybody's just trying to reassess what happened. And of course, all uh, the uh, certainly all of the uh, Attention now is around the scratched early favorite, Forte, who scratched the morning of the Kentucky Derby, and his status, because he was scratched by the track veterinarians uh, at the track that said he was uh, was not fit to run because of a bruise in his uh, right uh, front foot hoof. And uh, the protocol uh, for such things like that is you're on a 14-day waiting list before you can either uh, gallop for uh, the vets or have a workout, etc. And if that is indeed the case, if they keep that, uh, you know, in uh, in its uh, proper uh, time frame, uh, Forte will not be able to run in the Preakness, even though Todd Pletcher might want to run him. So they want a clarification on that ruling when you go from Churchill Downs into Pimlico and the Maryland Racing uh, Commission and uh, the middle jewel of the Triple Crown. So we're still waiting to see what the heck's going on with Forte. But they are going to be new shooters. For example, Brad Cox uh, has the son of Street Sense, First Mission, who won the Lexington, you remember. He's heading towards the Preakness. Okay? You've got National Treasure, a Bob Baffert trainee, who couldn't run in the Kentucky Derby because he's trained by Bob Baffert, and this is uh, the final derby that Baffert has to sit out, according to the uh, suspension handed by Churchill Downs a couple of years ago. So this son of Quality Road, National Treasure, who was fourth in the San Anita Derby, is intended to go to the uh, Preakness. And then you have the horse that finished third in the Bluegrass, another son of Good Magic, who sired the uh, Derby winner, Mage, and that is Blazing Sevens for Chad Brown. Uh, that uh, may be going there. Uh, You have a horse that won the Bathhouse Row Stakes for Steve Asmussen, a son of Gunrunner, Red Route 1, that is intended on going. And then, of course, you've got the third-place finish in the Sunland Derby. Doug O'Neill trained Henry Q, uh, who would need... uh, well, he's not expected to race in there. I take that back. He's not, he and two fills are not going to go. But you have instant coffee for Brad Cox, 6th Louisiana Derby. We don't know what he's going to do. Uh, Chase the Chaos, I understand, is going. That was um, <clears throat> horse that finished 8th in the California Derby for Ed Moger Jr. Chase the uh, Chaos uh, could be on his way to the uh, Preakness. So we have some new, a lot of new shooters that will be going into the Preakness against the Kentucky Derby winner, Mage. The second-place finisher, however, in the Derby, two fills won't go. And, of course, you always got a, a horse or two, at least one, trained by Bob Baffert's going to show up. So this middle jewel of the Triple Crown is going to have an entirely different complexion as it was in the Kentucky Derby. So we'll get to all of that uh, good stuff. We have with us today on the show... Uh, John Lendo will be with us. Of course, Jonathan Hardoon will also be with us. And uh, we even asked Jerry J to come on and give his thoughts about uh, the uh, post-Kentucky Derby and all that good stuff there. So we got a lot of stuff uh, to handle, and we are going to start by going to our first break on this Wednesday. Reminding you that we are coming to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. The Race Day Las Vegas radio program on... Sports Talk, 1400 AM and 107.1 FM, our new FM station. We're simulcasting AM FM now, along with all the other platforms that we have. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? 
South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on uh, race day, Las Vegas for this uh, kind of kickback Wednesday. Really, we only have three racetracks that are on our racing menu today. Uh, so it's a kind of a light day, but uh, boy, do we have a lot. We had like what 17, 22, something like that racetracks that were operating on Kentucky Derby Day. Everybody wanted to get in on the action, and I can tell you, <clears throat> it kind of worked because NBC Sports. The presentation of their 149th Kentucky Derby show, one, of course, by Mage, had a total audience delivery, a TAD, of 14.8 million viewers. That made it the most watched sporting event only behind the Super Bowl this year. And the second most watched show behind only the Academy Awards. So... Uh, people turned out to watch the Kentucky Derby on TV. Big stuff, fourteen point eight million. Wow! All right, let's uh, let's get started and let's end quickly <laughs> with the racing menu of racetracks available today in the racebook simulcast centers and racetracks around the country. Reminding you that the first post times we broadcast on this show each and every day reflect that of the Pacific Time Zone. If you're here listening at Sports Talk 1400 AM, FM 107.1, these will be the first post times that roll out in our race books today. If you're listening anywhere else on any different platform that we have, and we have a multitude of them, and you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it so you don't miss anything like, of course, I miss mom and dad. As far as the weather is concerned, well, I can tell you this. Up and down Pacific Coast clear, up and down the Atlantic Coast clear. For the most part, the Gulf Coast is clear. Pretty clear around the entire country except for a little action going on in the southeast portion of the great state of Texas and Louisiana. A little bit in Mississippi and Alabama. Otherwise, pretty darn good looking, that's for sure. New York 72 today. Miami 85. L.A. 69 and here in Las Vegas where about 20 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time we start out the day at 64 degrees we're going to get up to 84 today still a little bit of wind out there we've had a little bit of wind over the last couple of days nothing real really gale force though and for the rest of the week it's going to be sunny and we're going to get into the mid 90s throughout the week here in Las Vegas. So that's kind of like, uh, in case you're making plans, maybe, huh? To come on out and join us. And maybe root on our <clears throat> Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team, which got the upper hand in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. We're rooting for our Vegas-born Golden Knights. All right, here's the menu for today. We begin, if you're ready. Only three tracks, so you got to be ready. All righty then. Here we go. Uh, we start out with uh, Parks Racing. Parks Racing has a Pick 5 jackpot carryover. Two of them again, you know, that early and late. So the Pick 5 jackpot carryovers, $15,615 in one of them, $28,762 in the other, 
and a first post time at Parks Racing today of 9.40 this morning. Then we go to Horseshoe, Indianapolis. Horseshoe, Indianapolis has a first post time of 11.30, so you can see how spread out it is today. Horseshoe, Indianapolis, 11.30 post for their racing there. Pacific time, of course. And the third and final uh, track on our menu today is Penn National. Penn National has a 3 p.m. post time, 3 p.m. at Penn Net. And uh, that is, that's it. That's your racing menu for today. Kind of a short racing menu there, huh? Well, everybody's, uh, you know, trying to regroup from uh, an exhausting uh, Kentucky Derby weekend. One of the guys that uh, had to regroup that was really exhausting was a guy that went from New York to here, did a seminar, did the Derby uh, Day uh, stuff, and then uh, got on a plane and zipped back to New York. And I would imagine he probably stayed in bed all day and finally uh, get a little rejuvenated there. Jonathan Ardoon, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing fine. I got a little. I got rest. You know, I was kind of like a couch potato for a day to to kind of uh, get reju- regenerated. Yeah. Yeah, you have to decompress. Yeah. What a crazy derby! What a crazy weekend! And now today, more news comes out about Forte. Yeah. Uh, this is just getting crazier by the day. Obviously, or apparently, uh, the reports are that he tested positive coming out of the hopeful at Saratoga. Yeah. My question is, why was it a secret? Why didn't anyone know about this? What do they, you know, it just doesn't look good. I agree with you, uh, you know, and uh, of course, we're we're all trying to, to figure out what's going on with the 14 day, uh, uh, you know, days that he has off. Yeah, on according the to list. the rules, according <clears throat> to the rules, he's not going to be able to run, Ralph, because if, if you're put on the vets list, you have to remain on it for 14 days. Well, he'd be eligible to come off of it the day after the preakness, I guess. Yeah, well, that ain't going to help <laughs> if he, he wants to come. <laughs> Not at all. I'm telling you, this, the, the whole thing gets crazier by the day. Now, uh, of course, uh, explain a little bit about uh, that. Uh, I guess that was after uh, a big race uh, at uh, Saratoga, right? The hopeful. Well, the yeah, hopeful. The, yeah, the hopeful. Two-year-old race. Yeah, it's one of their biggest two-year-old races in the meet. The horse won. And uh, apparently, I guess they still haven't paid out the purse money, or certainly not to the winner. And nobody knew about this. Uh, why was it kept a secret? And why do they get to, to just to keep kicking the can down the road? The guy's caught doing something. Let them serve the suspension and get it over with. I mean, you know, look at Linda Rice in New York. She's been doing this for three years, Ralph. Uh-huh. Three years she's been, you know, she's... But she was put on suspension three years ago, and she keeps uh, appealing it and, and delaying and delaying and delaying. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that uh, that really does have uh, some ramifications, that's for sure. And as you say, you know, we're talking about um, if that was indeed the case, why didn't everybody know about it? And what did they do about it? What did they do about it? Now that, you know, they tell us that he was uh, caught uh, failed the test. What did they do about it? Did they, uh, you know? I don't know. Did they send the test to another lab? What are they doing? Why is it? That was in September. October. Well, we're like nine months since that happened and nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, it's getting to a point where uh, you sit there and say, what's going on? But now, you know, uh, we know we know uh, for the Kentucky Derby, it had nothing to do with a, with a uh, drug test that he failed. We we know that it was the bruised hoof, and we know that he was placed on the 14-day Kentucky Vets list. And so that will absolutely, I mean, we can count 14 days. You know, he's going to come off. He'll be able to run after that once he proves to everybody else on the racetrack, either by a workout or a gallop that he passes the the okay to the Maryland Racing Commission vets, but you know they, they take entries like what is it on Wednesday? Uh, uh, you know, a week from today, uh, it ain't going to cut it. No, they're not going to be able to enter him. No way. I mean, I don't see how unless they bend the rules like they seem to do for certain people. I mean, you know, it's just it's not good. Certainly not good for the game. And, of course, another high-profile trainer now has a problem. I mean, Todd Pletcher, who would have ever thunk it? But 
apparently no one is safe. <laughs> and, you know, you're talking about trainers, high profile and otherwise, that, uh, you know, are being tagged uh, for, uh, uh, let's say, pushing the rules. I don't want to say anything beyond that, but pushing the rules. And then you, you look at uh, a trainer like uh, Richard Dutrow, who had a 10-year layoff. He comes back after 10 years, and on Saturday at Belmont Park, he wins with his first starter. Yeah, his first race back, and they bet him, and he won easy. And uh, that was one of the, the biggest, uh, really, jokes in the world, giving him 10 years for what he did. I mean, there are, believe me, there are a lot of trainers out there training today. There are a lot more things that were wrong than Richard Dutcher did. I mean, I know him personally, so I'm a little biased, but to tell you the truth, he got the run to the deal, and uh, it was more of a personality thing with him than anything else. So people had it in for him, and uh, they thought he was somewhat of a wise guy. You know, but he either loved him or hated him. There was nothing down the middle, and uh, apparently uh, higher sources took care of it, and they took him out. They took him out for 10 years. 10 years. 10 years, yeah. So, let, let me ask that's you. That's a long time. Let me ask you this now, and you're referring to uh, Dutra as he got a raw deal because of um, maybe personality conflicts or whether from people who had the power to uh, suspend him for ten years. Just asking you an opinion. Do you think that same kind of framework worked with uh, Baffert in the Derby at Churchill Downs that he's been off for two years? Yeah, of course it's the same thing. But listen, two years is not ten years, right? No, I understand that. But long thing. Yeah. So yeah. you're telling me he was? Uh, it was kind of his uh, penalty was unjust too. Well, I don't know if it was unjust, but I'll tell you one thing. Listen, I mean, you know, they dragged it on out. They dragged it on. It may have been too steep for the for the, the what what the penalty what the uh, offense really was. You know, it was a minuscule, minuscule, whatever it was. But the problem with Baffert was this is, wasn't the first time. You know, it happened with Gamin. It happened with other horses. So I guess it comes to a point where you can't take anymore. You really got to throw the book at someone, hmm. you know? So I don't know. All right. Ten so, years is crazy. Two years is a little crazy. <laughs> all right. So we've uh, kind of taken care of the particulars and uh, and the personality conflicts with those two individual situations now we get back to where these breakdowns these euthanized horses seven of them dying in seven days of racing at uh, churchill downs two on the very day of the big race the kentucky derby and now this news is starting to permeate right into the national news on tv cable tv news networks and uh when you get news guys starting to uh, do stories on stuff like this and not the sports guys, the people who cover racing every day, you're going to get maybe uh, not the the full uh, breadth of what's going on rather than just the nuts and bolts of it. How do you think this thing is going to start to play out now? Well, it's certainly not good for the game. On Saturday, when they ran the Derby, the mm. headlines on CNN, not that I watch them, but we're about the breakdowns, not the winner of the Derby. <laughs> they led with the breakdowns. So could that really be good for the game? Obviously not. All right. Well, we, you know, in all due respect, Churchill Downs' knee-jerk reaction was was uh, good because they got out right away with a statement, this is unacceptable, blah, 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 like that, which they should have, and, th and which is, uh, you know, I'm sure genuine because everybody thinks this is unacceptable in racing. But now, what do you think the steps are going to be from the Kentucky Racing Commission, from HISA, and from Churchill Downs itself to uh, investigate and find out if they can find out, uh, uh, you know, without a doubt, what the causes were of this and how to correct it? Listen, it's, uh, horse racing is a sport, just like football or baseball or anything else, and athletes get hurt on the field. A, a running back will go and twist his knee, and that's it. The out for the, the year or his career is over. Unfortunately, the same thing happens in horse racing. It, breakdowns are just part of the game. The problem is when you get an abundance of them in a short period of time. Delmar went through it. San Anita went through sure. it. Saratoga went through it. Mm -hmm. And now Churchill's going through it. You know, who knows why? The the problem with Take Safi Joseph, for example, is two of his horses died. Had nothing to do 
get breakdowns. They weren't, you know, put down. They they actually, I think one had a heart attack. They both died. So they didn't die from an injury. They died from something else. So that's what I guess has them being suspicious. I don't have the answer. I don't know, but I can be sure of one thing. Then this is going to get ugly because they're going to throw the book at him and he's going to fight back with lawsuits and uh, horse racing is going to be in uh, in the court system. And, and that's the worst place for it. Another black guy. But, you know, uh, yeah. you can't take away from the pageantry and just the excitement. And like you said, it took us who are racing fans and everybody out there who are listening to some degree or another uh, really had a lot of energy uh, on uh, Derby Day. It was, a, it was a great day of racing overall. And uh, Mage uh, proved uh, to be the best in the Kentucky Derby. We'll find out because uh, there's going to be a whole lot more new shooters in the Preakness Stakes than there are horses that are going to move on from the Derby, uh, their defeat in the Derby and try to win the Preakness. And uh, I know that at least one horse, a horse called Perform, is going to be supplemented to the Preakness for $150,000. So uh, Shug McGahee has, has got to think uh, that uh, this horse has a decent chance of beating Mage and others in the Preakness. Yeah, and and uh, Cox has a couple of new horses coming in. And, and believe me, it's going to be a terrific uh, preakness. And it was a terrific day of racing at Churchill. They put together a terrific card, all those stake races. Yeah. You know, uh, there were just a lot of terrific stories on the undercard that are building up to the Derby. And again, unfortunate for Forte because Forte beat Madge already twice. So chances are, I'm not saying that we know the result, but Forte would have had a good chance to beat him if he ran. And as far as horses out of the Derby coming back for the Preakness, I don't think you'll see more than three at tops yeah. out of the Derby. They're going to come back and run because there's no point to it. If you can't win the Triple Crown, believe me, these races two weeks apart from each other takes its toll on these horses, and they sometimes need six months to recoup from it. So why why run a horse back? Especially a young horse on just two weeks rest. You can't. And by the way, Ralph, people are people are talking about changing the rules of the of the Triple Crown and making it three weeks between races. That would be the worst no. thing that you could ever do, in my opinion. You know, it's giving in to the to the new way uh, where everybody gets a participant trophy if you're on tenth. You know, yeah. that's ridiculous. That's what makes the Triple Crown so great. And that's what makes it so hard to do is because it's taxing and it really proves a champion if they can win the Triple Crown. So to start changing the rules, it's like lowering the basket or basketball or bringing the fences in. Who wants that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that uh, I, I concur. Uh, just leave it the way it is. And they were talking about that, too, a lot before we had two Triple Crown winners within three years or whatever, right. between, uh, you know, American Pharaoh and uh, Justify. I want to uh, clarify now that the $150,000 supplemental fee to make uh, him eligible, perform eligible for the Preakness Stakes, is uh, because he was not nominated to the Triple Crown races. Now, you remember he uh, won the Federico Tessio, which guaranteed him a fees paid birth in the Preakness, but uh, the $150,000 supplement is because he wasn't nominated to the Triple Crown, and the Preakness is one of the Triple Crown races. So I just wanted to make everybody aware of that. But uh, e either way, uh, Shug uh, must think this horse has got a real decent chance, that's for sure. And when you talk about, uh, you know, people wanting to extend uh, the uh, uh, the period of time between time the tri Triple yeah. Crown races... Um, I got to tell you that uh, Mage, with only three races to the Kentucky Derby, he's got to be one of the freshest horses out there, right? Yeah, but, but obviously he had physical problems as a two-year-old, though we would have seen him. So, you know, now he's going to be making, uh, I guess, his fifth start. That was his fourth start in the yeah. Derby. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was comparing him a lot to Tabor because they had the same kind of career going in to the uh, Kentucky Derby. The only difference is Mage won and uh, Tabor didn't run well at all, but, you know, that's the way it goes. But it's asking an awful lot for this horse to come back on two weeks and run, you know, run a top race anyway. Yeah, that's for sure. All I can say is this, that the uh, horse that uh, Brad Cox is, uh, is going to bring in, the new shooter uh, for Brad Cox, which is a first mission, 
that horse won the Lexington. I remember after the Lexington, when they did an interview with Cox, he said that uh, the horse started late, you know, and come back late, but he, but he really, this is one of the uh, many of the three-year-olds that Cox had in his barn that he really likes. He thinks this is a nice colt. He loves this horse. Uh, I know for, because I'm I'm having in in the barn, and I can tell you that they absolutely love the horse. And uh, he said he was better than any of the horses that ran on Saturday. So uh, that's saying something, you know. He had Angel of Empire. Yeah, he had four of them, verifying. Man. He had yeah, he had four of them, and uh, certainly three of them or two and a half of them certainly had a legitimate shot in the uh, Derby. So if first mission is better than these horses, well, then he's going to be a serious player on Preakness Day. Oh, hold on a second. Back up. Two and a half? There was a half a horse that uh, one horse was split in half, like I half of them had a chance, half didn't? <laughs> no, I gave him a half a chance. I mean, oh. if he won, it wouldn't have been a shock. <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll tell you the one of the Cox horses that uh, outran what uh, I thought were the predictions was uh, the show horse, Hit Show, because... Yeah, Hit Show, Hit show finished fifth. Yeah, from the, from the w- one uh, post. He ran pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, was the, that was the half horse. Oh, that was the half horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, he's a full horse now. And by the way, <laughs> d- by the way, Ralph, the three Japanese horses all gone back yeah. to Japan. Yeah, they, they all went back. Compete. Yeah. But guess what? Dermasodagaki certainly has nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, he stepped forward. He he would, may have been one of the better horses in the race. Totally eliminated at the start. Ran super to finish sixth. Uh, John Lindo loved him, and uh, he had a live horse there, and the, may, may have been the right horse. Yeah, he uh, had uh, out of two excuses in the race. Uh, he had uh, one of them, and that, of, of course, uh, you know, the bad start and all that. And then he made this uh, really uh, big, huge, noticeable move on the turn, kind of kind of like flattened out, that's for sure. Uh, but we will uh, we'll wait and see how it all shakes out. As long as the horses in the race, in the particular Kentucky Derby, all come out fine and all that, we will wait and see the uh, ramifications and the fallout of the Forte discovery now. And uh, whether he might move on now to the Kentucky Derby or just uh, wait and gear up for the uh, the Travers or at Saratoga. And, of course, all this stuff that's going on with Churchill Downs and the breakdowns and the deaths, we will wait and see. But uh, it was a great day of racing, I thought, overall for the racing industry and for racing fans and players because we all had a chance at getting big payoffs if we connected the docks. I mean, there were great payoffs, and certainly the pick six paying over a million dollars for a 20-cent base bet. Uh, and uh, I would imagine they were two tickets because of figuring out the uh, the handle. Yeah, that, the that was the money bet. And to, yeah. you know, the, the Drexel boys were not involved, I don't think, and that's good news. All right, <laughs> let, I'll ask you, uh, because you don't have any sheets today because there's only three tracks going, do you? I got a day off, Ralph. All right, you got a day off, so you got the honeydew list going. I'm sure. I'm sure. De- I'm sure Debbie's got a list for you. In, in any case, real quick, uh, your final thoughts about uh, any of the conversation that we had today, or end uh, the Kentucky Derby. Well, racing is still in a good place. They broke every record handle-wise. Uh, you you said the the amount of people that watched broke. You know, certainly very impressive. So the state of the game is, I would say, horse racing is still in pretty good shape. However, we continue to shoot ourselves in the leg, unfortunately. And uh, unfortunately, it happens on the biggest days of the year. But uh, horse racing will survive. Uh, this is a game, really, of people that just uh, are relentless. They, they just keep fighting, and, and that's good. Yes. The character of the thoroughbred horse weaves its way through the character of the people who uh, own, train, and take, care, and take care of them. That's for sure. And the racing fans. We are, by every measure... The backbone. Oh, we right. are, we are as, as tough as you get with the bad beats and all these things that we have to put up with, and we still go and play because we have a, a real love. Love for the game. game. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. Keep your day off, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. And thank you for you and to the South Point and to John Linda and everyone else involved. It was a fantastic weekend. Thank you. It sure was. And we want to thank you, too, John. Jonathan, that's for sure. And we will be right back.
Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on race day, Las Vegas, and uh, we're going to go now to John Lindo standing by. John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How you doing? Well, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I needed uh, a couple of days rest to get back my energy, but I'm ready. I'm. I'm looking ahead to the Preakness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see what happens now. There's only one horse that can win the Triple Crown. That's Mage. And, uh, you know, the, the nice part about it, uh, we don't have to speculate for six weeks or eight weeks. It happens a week from this Saturday. Yes, that's uh, that's for sure. And of course, if uh, other people, I guess, uh, have uh, uh, their way, we um, might uh, someday have to wait to more than just two weeks. But like uh, Jonathan said, uh, every all these people that uh, you know uh, want to start with uh, uh, changing uh, the the distance, uh, the the time between the Triple Crown races, and it was uh, getting to a fever pitch before, uh, you know, we had American Pharaoh and Justify do it, that uh, they're, they're all talking about that again. Well, you know what? Uh, it's supposed to be hard. The hard is what makes it great. So, uh, And uh, you always get that discussion comes up this time of year. Uh, you know, I'm just fine with, with how, it, how it plays out right now. I am too. And I think uh, for certain... Uh, that uh, it, it certainly is uh, something that they ought to just leave alone. It's fine, that's for sure. And when you take a look at how this shakes out uh, coming up with this Triple Crown, Mage is uh, almost a fresh horse. <laughs> yeah, he's only started four times. And, uh, you know, you got to give this horse credit. I mean, he really ran hard in the Florida Derby when he was run down by Forte. And being a lightly raced horse, I, I kind of thought he might go backwards a little bit in the Derby, but he took another step forward. So hats off to Gustavo Delgado, his trainer, and, and uh, all the connections. They knew what they had. He didn't have those lightning-fast workouts that, that tend to attract people going into the derby. He had a six-for-long work in 116 and change. But he knew what he needed to get into his horse to win, and, and they got it done. Certainly. And uh, it's it was kind of really nice to see Javier Castellano finally get the, uh, you know, uh, get that off his back the monkey off the back and got his uh, first Kentucky Derby in 16 tries, but it was, it was fun by all. And, and the Valenzuela, uh, the, you know, the Venezuela, uh, the connection there, it was all good. And that, uh, I guess folks back there in that country are just going crazy. Oh, they should. It's, it's a heck of an accomplishment. You know, we were talking about the international, about the Japanese horses, yeah. but, uh, you know, Venezuela gets one, and, and good for those guys. And it's, it's nice to see a name that, you know, you don't always see amongst the, the top guys and all the top race, races pick up a race like the Derby. Yeah, no question about that. Talking about the record uh, handle, talked about the record as far as viewership, etc. The handle could have been a lot uh, bigger because the Japanese separate pool uh, was reported that when Forte got scratched, before he got scratched, there was like $8.5 million bet into the Derby. And then when he got scratched, there was a 14% drop-off to $7.96 million because of that scratch. I guess uh, people didn't have a chance to rebet. 
Yeah, they ended up beating the record. Uh, they bet two hundred eighty-eight million, which I think beat the record for Derby yeah. Day by about fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it could have been even higher. But you, know, you had big fields throughout the day, good racing, and uh, didn't have a whole lot of weather conditions that affected uh, Churchill Downs during Derby Week. Mm-hmm. You know, except for that last race where there was a delay with all yeah. with the lightning and, and the rain coming in. But uh, they got through the week basically unscathed, and uh, it shows what happens when you have good conditions and the fields stay intact for the most part. The people will play. Uh, I have to ask you, as I did, Jonathan, your thought about uh, the the seven deaths and and the reporting that's now uh, permeating into the national news networks, etc. How do you think they're going to? Uh, th- you know that there's going to be a lot of negative because Peter's out there just screaming and yelling. But what do you think uh, is going to be a uh, end result? You know, I, I don't know, Ralph. It's a, it's a black eye for the sport that, that, you know, nobody's talking about the Derby winner. They're talking about all the, yeah. the bad things that happened during Derby week at Churchill Downs. It's a terrible narrative that, you know, uh, again, it, it, it's part of the problem that, that the industry has. There's such a close eye and on, on what goes on. And it's not like they're not trying to do everything right. Again, you know, if people saw how the horses were treated on the backstretch, you'd know everything's being done to protect them as best we can. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about athletes in a competitive sport. Uh, there, there will be some injuries that's unavoidable. It happens in any sport, equine, human, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just do the best we can and, and make the conditions as safe as possible. And uh, I'm sure, you know, the people at Churchill Downs will, will make sure to hopefully, you know, check on their surfaces. They're going to say, well, it's not that. But, you know, there's a common denominator when you have so many injuries or they're competing over the same surfaces. Well, uh, that is absolutely correct, and, and certainly we will uh, hope that, uh, you know, logical things happen. We just want to make sure that Churchill Downs, and you know they will, because they have a lot at stake here, uh, try to find out if there is a thread that's consistent with all of the deaths, etc., uh, and what happened there, that's for sure. But a lot of handicappers and people think maybe, you know, the racetrack maybe was, wasn't as safe as it should be or the turf course wasn't. But yet all the experts says it was. So we will leave it at that. That's for sure. Now, John, we always say after a big weekend, the, the Derby, the Breeders' Cup, yes, Virginia, there is racing uh, the day after. And there certainly was at Santa Anita. And your Linda report hit it out of the park because... Not only did you give us a winner on the show, Fast Buck, that paid seventeen forty on the cusp and on the heels of another $17 winner that you gave us on Saturday, but that horse uh, at seventeen forty, in addition to the winner of the last race at Santa Anita, which was your top pick on the Lindo Report, they paid $34 even, came back with huge pick five and uh, pick four, payoffs uh, at Santa Anita on Sunday. So we, we we tell everybody out there again, just make sure you pick up that Lindo report. Uh, you had uh, the sixth race winner on top, Devil uh, Devil Be Me at 1060. And of course, uh, as I say, Fast Buck in there. Uh, and also the uh, second race winner, Spoiled Rotten, that paid 1060 as well. So the Lindo report was really hot and right on the money on Sunday for all those folks that uh, were playing the races as race players do when the uh, races are there. Well, you know, whether it's the Derby or, you know, an undercard race on a Thursday, the money spends the same if you can find the winners. So we're we're doing the work trying to find out. We had a good day on Sunday. I think we had five five winners on top. Yeah. And, yeah, so that that was a good, solid day and uh, gave us a little traveling money to get back home to California. And uh, we'll start firing away starting on Thursday. We, we will do Belmont on Thursdays for the, for the uh, upcoming weeks and uh, going into the weekends at Santa Anita. Uh, you know, just to make a note of that about all of our handicappers doing great work, if uh, the folks got Richie's uh, selections, uh, Richie had the winner of the fifth race on top, an $8 winner, and then you came with, uh, you know, uh, a couple of nice winners. And, of course, uh, Richie had a top pick that his horse won on the show in the eighth race. And if you put them all together with you and Rich, uh, you got a, almost an $8,000 pick five for 50 cents in the late pick five at Santa Anita on Sunday. You had a winner. Richie had a winner. And Jerry J even came up with a winner in the first race all on the show on Sunday. So, um even though we took our, our lumps on Saturday, Sunday was the absolute recovery day for not only the energy, but for the bankroll as well. That's for sure. 
And one more thing about the bankroll, John. We never found out who Mattress Mac bet. Now, we know that he was, uh, you know, uh, looking towards betting the favorite for his promotion with his uh, furniture uh, uh, outlet. And uh, the favorite in the Kentucky Derby wound up being Angel of Empire at $4.06 per dollar against 4 to 1. Uh, was the favorite there, but uh, we, we nobody reported on what Mattress Mac finally uh, bet because he had to wait till the last minute to find out who the favorite was. Right, yeah. I never saw any kind of odds change, whether it be Friday, if he had laid in some money, possibly on Forte and uh, with the horse scratching. I never saw an odds change, you know, go back up because of the, the scratch. So uh, I, I kept watching for that because you're looking at value and, and you know a, a gentleman is going to make a major win bet on one of the horses and uh, I never saw it appear, appear on the toad anyway. So, uh, and I never saw any reporting about it either. So I don't know who Mattress Mac bet, but I'm going to assume the people from the gallery furniture that purchased those, those, all the furniture down there, uh, did not get any rebate because, uh, no. the favorite did not win. That's right. And, uh, that is, he always, uh, ties up a sports bet, uh, with a promotion that he has at his, uh, his big furniture store in Houston. So, uh, that's that. Well, what do we look ahead here for the Preakness? Well, I heard you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the probables, and uh, you, you know, we know Forte cannot run because he's on the vets list in Kentucky. And just to give people an idea, the rules in California, when you make the vets list with a horse, we're not allowed to work that horse for ten. the first 10 days they're on the list. After the 10 days, if you want to work, you can. And to get off the vets list, you have to work five furlongs in a designated time, faster than a designated time. In California, it's 103. So we would have to work a horse five furlongs in less than 103. The vets would have to approve the way they did the work, and you have to do the blood work afterwards to make sure that there was nothing in the system. After that, you're off the vets list. So there's a number of protocols that I'm sure Forte will have to go through before he can run again. So he is out. And uh, I, from what I understand, it looks like just mage disarm and com- confidence game from the Preakness. And you had mentioned uh, Blazing Sevens, Chase the Chaos, First Mission. I think the Bob Baffert Bard is looking at National Treasure and possibly Arabian Lion. And then you have that performance being supplemented and Red Route Run for Steve Asmussen. Well, I know one thing for sure. I think that uh, Brad Cox has a lot uh, uh, confidence in his uh, winner of the Lexington. Yeah, he did that horse uh, first mission was very, very impressive, and and he's uh, he's one of those lightly raced horses that's moving forward at the right time, and he will not run any of his horses that ran in the Derby. So none of the Cox horses that uh, ran in the Derby will come back. There's a couple that Angel of Harlem and uh, Hit Show may go in the Belmont, but they'll, they'll all skip that. But he's been yeah. sitting there waiting for for first mission in the Preakness. I got to think he's a pretty live runner. Yeah, I do too. Let's bring in uh, Jerry Jackowitz uh, for the last couple of minutes and uh, jerry your thoughts about the derby well you know i thought it was really really well run um on a i think that the horse mage and uh two fills and angel vampire ran really good figs and um they were impressive and um i'm a little disappointed in myself maybe because i really miss miss handicapped the florida derby so that's uh, that was me. I didn't come up with a good figure on Mage. Uh, you know, I only ran three times going into the Derby. It's very easy to rate him backwards when you consider how badly horses who enter the Derby do on only three races. So uh, that's that story. Um, but I, I really thought Two Fills was uh, surprisingly good. Uh, I liked him, as you know, back in the Risen Star, and then he went up and he won on the Jack Ruby. Yeah. And he improved again and ran really a fantastic race, uh, close to the pace and really trying hard. And Mage, just absolutely spectacular effort. Um, I don't know how well that presents for his future. Uh-huh. Um, I'm starting to think that... Uh, you know, lightly race going into the Derby, big effort in the Kentucky Derby. I assume he's going to run in the Preakness and probably run very hard. And, you know, Derby winners do fantastically well in the Preakness. So that's going to be two really hard races on a young colt going um, long distances. So we'll see. But uh, it's a different day and age. We don't get uh, horses going into the Derby with six, seven, eight, nine races anymore. We get them coming in with two, three, with three, four, and five. So it's a 
it's a different game today. I want to ask uh, both of you this question. I'll ask John first. John, two fields ran a huge race in the Jack Ruby. Uh, and like uh, uh, Jerry said, he ran uh, pretty well in Louisiana, uh, in Louisiana at uh, the fairgrounds, which is a, an organic track. Do handicappers sometimes, you think, make too much of a horse with a big performance on a synthetic track and uh, to dismiss that rather than looking at uh, the entire past performances? Well, I think you have to compare apples to apples. I mean, when, when I'm handicapping a dirt race, I, I don't look a whole lot at the, the past performances on, on the synthetic if I have mm-hmm. dirt races to reference for that particular horse. Uh-huh. Now, I'll tell you this, the, uh, the form from Turfway Park held up very well uh, during the Keeneland meet, and, and so far, obviously, it's held up well at Churchill Downs. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are developing a pattern in Kentucky that, uh, you know, maybe it is not such a stretch to, to look at that form at Turfway Park and consider it when you're looking at those races in Kentucky. Jerry? Well, I mean, you know, we had a rich strike come off of that track and win, right? And we had uh, uh, two fills come back and run really fantastic. And, uh, and um Grand Motions Horse won the Kentucky Animal, Derby. Animal I mean, Kingdom, yeah. Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, excuse me for that. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, I think you really have to look at the Jack Ruby Stakes. It's a terrific setup for the Derby as 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 opposed to anything else. It's really a um, it's really in the forefront today. You know, you take the Wood Memorial; they're like do nothing. They're like, duh. but uh, that's where it's happening. You know. So I guess, yeah, I guess the answer is yes, we should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have a lot more to talk about, a lot more of uh, news to come, that's for sure, in the ensuing days up to the Preakness Stakes one week from Saturday. I want to thank uh, John Lendo for all of his great work here this weekend, not only with the Lendo Report, but uh, with the seminar and all that good stuff. We had a great time at the Derby Party. And certainly I want to thank all of the listeners out there who showed up. That uh, that room uh, held about, uh, I think, the capacity of the way they had set up was a 1,000 people, and it was full. So we want to thank all of you a lot. That's well. Had something to do with a great card at Churchill, though, I, I guess, too. Anyhow, we will continue on with tomorrow. In the meantime, hey, both of you can give us the sign-off, so go ahead and say it. Have a great day, everybody.